Hi, this is DJ Trishler. This is Process Out Loud. It's a chance for me to process what I've learned over the past week as a grad student and a graduate assistant or adjunct professor at the University of Cincinnati DAP School of Design. Um, essentially, I speak out loud whatever comes to mind that relates to the past week. And so there's no script and uh, I just kind of run with it, usually talking about the different classes I'm teaching and taking. So I'm coming to you, it's a cool morning here in Cincinnati, Ohio. I can actually feel like it's fall. Uh, whereas four weeks ago when I first started doing this, it was pretty warm out. It's kind of amazing to see the passage of time. And uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing. It's already been a month of school. Um, tonight is my fourth lecture, which is the fifth week, beginning of the fifth week, because we had a day off for Labor Day. Um, but uh, yeah, I digress. So let, what did I learn this last week? Um, there's a lot running through my mind um, at the moment, but I think the biggest thing that I learned is to take a break. I was working really long hours, um, 40 plus hours, and that, that, that's just the hours I counted. That doesn't count everything in between. Um, and I was really worn out, and, and it just so happened that Meg's birthday was this weekend, this past weekend, and so we went boondocking, camping, um, over in uh, Indiana and the Hoosier National Forest. And it was just a chance to get up outside, be near the fire. Um, and I think that escaping from work for a little bit, escaping from the computer, actually let my brain cells and body settle. And in that way, I was able to kind of like look at my research work and my classwork, my teaching um, from a whole new light, especially I think the research I'm doing because in research it's just so easy to get bogged down and lost in the data and lost in the information that you don't actually know what you're looking at anymore and that's that's how I felt um, and so I think the big lesson there is to to take breaks to um, step back um, and not work at uh, you know a robotic pace or machine like pace um, and to be human, go for walks, go hiking, go camping. And uh, even this morning I went and I talked to myself for several minutes just about some of the research questions that I'm asking and kind of iterating on that in my head and out loud um, in front of no one. So that's a big learning for the week. And um, I think some of the stuff I've been wrestling with in my classes is um, we're learning about trends in, in two of my classes. And um, I think in light of like, focusing on an audience and focusing on a trend. I wasn't really focusing on my research question and the questions I was trying to answer. And so that was helpful this weekend. And as I alluded to this morning, um, to remember like all, at least to my knowledge, all good research is, is based in some sort of question and an evolving question. And it might start with one question and evolve into another. And remember uh, one of my professors this summer, He Kyung, said that um, the level of research you do is really kind of based on the amount of uncertainty that you can handle. And I think that um, questions mean, in a lot of ways, uncertainty. Like, I'm uncertain about this, so I'm gonna ask a question. And I don't know that we ever arrive at like full clarity, um, but we keep finding more questions. And so that was a good reminder to me, and um, I think I know the research process. At least I know a, a pretty generic one, and um, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think I'm looking for my professors to Kind of give me the answers to these questions but i have a process i have a you know i know like to ask questions 
to go read articles, go talk to people, ask more questions. Eventually there's a deadline and, and you have enough information, as Erica Hall says, to, to make a safe bet on, on what to do next. So yeah, big learnings there. Um, I guess getting to my classes, um, Welcome to Design was really great last week. Um, kind of did a remix history of um, design thinking and, and how it originated in war times and through the Industrial Revolution and rapid changes in society. And um, it was good to take a critical view of, of design thinking, something that's kind of ubiquitous in our culture, corporate culture, education culture, academia, that is. And and look at it as like, well, this was developed, its origins, its roots are, are in war, which is to confuse and kill the enemy. Um, and I think right now, in a lot of ways, it's not that customers or your target audience or users are enemies, but in a lot of ways, it's convincing them that your product's okay to buy. And um, design thinking exercises are often, you know, you build empathy with your customer, you learn about them, and then you try a bunch of different things to see what works best. And I, I just called a question that, like, what if there's another way to design for and with people that doesn't involve you know, strategies and tactics that are influenced by wartime activities? And um, I know that's probably a bit out there and idealistic, but what if there's like better co-creation exercises, more respectful exercises? Um, that's where we ended up in the classes asking the students, like what, regardless of the process that you choose um, and not getting too uh, wrapped up in the religiosity of your process and the doctrines of your process, like design thinking, um, how can we be respectful? You know, like I think that's a bigger question and that comes back to something I read from Dory Tunstall, who's uh, an educator, dean, first black dean at a design school up at OCAD, and she talks about respectful design. She asked her her facility uh, faculty, excuse me, to define what that means. And I think when we start asking those kinds of questions, um, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in experimenting with that, like having both a process, whether it's design thinking or you know the double diamond, but also asking like. Are we being respectful? Like, what are we max maximizing our ability to be respectful for ourselves and others um, in this process? And I think if we are uncertain that we're being respectful, maybe that's a chance to stop. Um, had a really great conversation with a, a friend um, who was designing some identities, you know, just for fun, um, that were related to Native American culture. And, and uh, I had asked some questions, you know, just like whether or not that was the right and appropriate or like if that celebrated the culture or not. And I think what, and this isn't to throw anybody under the bus, but I think when we get to those moments where there's just too much uncertainty, like I actually don't know like how, you know, a large swath of people, Native Americans feel about this. Maybe I shouldn't do it. And maybe I'm the wrong person to do it. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the thing that I'm wrestling with at the moment is like, there's probably certain things I'm, I'm great to design and there's probably certain things I'm probably not supposed to design. And I think that with design thinking exercises, there's an authority there that's like, we can design anything with, with this process. And I think designers often too, like, because we have these really, you know, we're gifted at making things quick and look good. Um, there's an authority that comes with that. And I think we have to start questioning in our authority and saying, do I actually have the authority to make this? And if not, maybe there's somebody else out there that does. 
Um, and so I'll, I'll pause there with that because I think there's still a lot of questions and I have about two minutes left to talk about um, my other classes. But uh, another thing I, I thought was fun this week is just the use of Figma um, in my teaching and both as a student and a teacher. So for TypeCrit, um, Typography 1, I had all the students throw their um, photos and screen captures up into Figma and that way we were able to comment and be in the same room together. It felt like we were in the same space to some extent. Um, I thought that was an awesome kind of case study of using Figma. It's free for educators and students, so I highly recommend um, if you're looking for ways to do crit, um, Figma is a great way to do it. It's also great for building templates. Um, we use Miro or Miro um, in one of my classes, and I know that they already have templates, but um, I'll design like templates that I can share with my fellow students and then um, they can upload those to Miro and make changes as they wish. Um, I feel like it like totally um, makes classes into collectives instead of individuals, and so I'm able to share my presentations while I'm working on them. And uh, whereas before, I think there was like this fear, like will students copy or will they like ruin my InDesign file or I have to make a PDF? I know it's like not that big of a deal, but I don't want to share a PDF because it takes too much time. Whereas with Figma, all I have to do is share a link. People can see me working. They can, you know, get into it and see it. And so I'm really enjoying that. And there's many other ways that I've been using Figma too. Um, and I'll, I'll think about those and share them later. But um, it really kind of decentralizes the design process, I think, and opens it up to like so many more people, um, whether they have Adobe Cloud or not. And um, I love it. I don't know, I guess that, that sums up though for the week with my 50, or I guess I only have a few seconds left. Um, you know, step back, don't just, uh, you know, keep your head engulfed in data and information, but actually step out and take a breath of fresh air, share things with others through Figma, and, and really getting back to the idea of like a research question. Um, what are you asking? I think we all have questions and we need to define them and and move towards answering them. And I think last but not least, I'd say um, sharing the load with others. Um, that's been really good for me in my Welcome Design course. Um, I actually wrote my lecture this week and shared it with my co-professors and they were able to like quickly give me feedback and they're able to dive into it and add things to it versus like adding slides one by one to Figma and then not knowing what the next steps are. But by seeing them seeing the written form, they're able to add to the, the Figma form. So just finding new ways to share and, and not carry it all myself. Um, it's been a real heavy semester and I, there's no way that we I can keep up and sustain my efforts unless I ask for help. And so um, Figma helps do that. Um, sharing documents, written documents helps do that. Calling out for help, um, posting things on Instagram, etc. So. I'll pause there, I'm over my time. It's 11 minutes and 20 seconds. I hope you enjoyed um, this fourth installment of Process Out Loud, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.